Okay, uh, welcome to this episode of Metal Talk TV. Today I'm joined by the Welsh wizard James Kennedy, author, singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist. Hi James, how you doing? Great man, yeah, how about you man? Thanks for having us Steve, it's good to see you. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Yeah, I'm doing good, I think we're doing, yeah, we're doing all right. Um, so your recent album, Make Anger Great Again, uh, came out at the back end of last year. We covered that extensively on Metal Talk um anger it's a a great heavy alt rock album yeah that's pretty relevant even now especially with covid times yeah uh, how does it feel to get your anger out there and get people marching against all the bad things that are happening well i'm really like a, i'm not really an angry person you know um i get i get angry at stupid stuff like i get angry at the wi-fi you know if that goes down i've smashed a few wi-fi routers up in my time you know but outside of that i'm uh, i'm quite a chilled out kind of uh gentle going guy you know but um yeah I, I it felt good to get that album out because i was pretty pissed off you know uh, i wrote the album before um you know before covid so it was about you know, Boris and Trump and Brexit and all that shit. So it felt good to kind of get all that stuff out onto onto the record, you know. So uh, so now, yeah, I'm back to my normal calm self. It's like musical therapy for me. <laughs> cool. Well, you've seen off Trump, yeah? And I, I guess we're stuck with Brexit. So yeah. uh, there, there's plenty of mileage um, in, in Boris to... Um, to, to oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of comedy yet to be had with Boris. You know, he's uh, <laughs> he's like a walking sketch show. But um, yeah, I mean, Trump was like when uh, I put the uh, the first the first uh, video for the Power came out um, just before the U.S. election, and YouTube took it down initially. They wouldn't put it up there. Facebook wouldn't let me run any adverts or anything, paid boosts or anything like that on there. Um, because they said it was politically insightful this close to the election. So what I did instead to try and get the word out there about the video and the new song was that every time Trump tweeted, I would uh, comment with the, a link to the video in there. And it got like, you know, 14,000 plays or whatever, just literally just off the back of that, because YouTube would have it on the site, but they wouldn't let me promote it on the site or anywhere else. So thanks to Trump, uh, he actually uh, did the bulk of the legwork on promoting my single. But and now he's gone and he's banned from the platform. So, you know, that scuppered my uh, my promo plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, Twitter, there, there, there's plenty of opportunity for uh, people to let off steam on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, these days, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> these these days, with like the you know people maybe suffering from a bit of news burnout, you know, um, where a lot of the the, the the TV news shows and things like that are concentrating yeah. on COVID and missing a lot yeah. of the more important topics, you know. So yeah, I think there's still opportunity to you rally the troops, especially on Twitter. <laughs> well, I want to get out there, man. This is the problem, you know. It's like. I, when I wrote that album, like I said, it was before COVID. So it was like, this is a live album. You know, I want the idea was to get out there and tour this record with the kick-ass heavy rock band behind me, you know? So uh, that was the whole intention because this is my first kind of official solo album. I've yep. done solo albums in the past, but it was always as a side project to the band that I was in, Kaishira. Uh, so this is my first, like, you know, straight out the gate solo album. I, I haven't been able to do a single date for it. So like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit, ready to, ready to go. So yeah, I mean, pr promoting a record is hard during COVID, but thanks to people like yourself, you know, who, who've you know, been great supporters of the album and the book, that's been a real help. But I mean, you know, I've, I feel like I've done as much as I want to do in the house now. I want to get out there and play this fucking thing, you know? <laughs> 
cool. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about uh, assembling a touring band. How's that going? Good. Yeah. I've had loads of interest in that. But again, I, you know, there's no dates or anything yet because everything's kind of hanging in the balance. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a band there ready to go. As soon as we get the green light, you know, I'll be uh, I'll be booking some shows, hopefully. But we don't know what it's going to be like yet. We don't know how long it's going to be until that happens or or what the, the live circuit's going to be like. So, you know, it, it's kind of it's ready to go but but when that will happen who knows and and when you look back on the album now are you do you take the, the kind of rights done dusted yeah you're still happy and proud or or do you think that that with the, the extended covid break you might have looked at things a bit differently no i i, I love it man I, I still feel exactly the same about it so i'm just uh i'm trying to kind of like keep keep my cool i'm keeping the album there it's out now you know so mm -hmm. um, i can't sort of like you know take it back or anything so i'm just kind of like sit on it and and uh and just wait until we can finally get out there and do some shows and give it give those songs you know what they deserve loud in a sweaty rock club you know rather than uh you know me talking about it on twitter or something <laughs> well we should be we should be good for gigs um certainly middle that, that part of the year i mean I don't, I don't think many of the festivals will go ahead but certainly kind of the larger clubs and things like that we should be good with that uh, and it, it is a great album you know you mentioned the power which is a a, a cracking track um I, I was really into the source of sickness yeah which was um kind of epic you know and it talks about struggles with society in general doesn't it so uh can yeah. you tell me about that song where that came about that one was just um i've struggled a lot in the past with uh you know mental health and depressive episodes and things like that and i, I talked about that quite exclusively uh on my previous album home um which i had severe sort of like mental burnout after the last european tour that we did with kaishira and um that solo album home was uh, was all about sort of like a journal really of my my period with like like immense depression and things like that and coming out the other side so i kind of explored all that and solace and sickness is sort of about that sort of um area again it's sort of like exploring the idea that society tells us that there's some kind of version of ourselves that we're all supposed to kind of measure ourselves by in terms of our beauty or our happiness level or our success or our wealth these societal values that make us all feel like shit basically um so solace and sickness is kind of like do you know what yeah fuck it i you know i do get sad i do get angry i do get depressed you know i i do feel insecure uh, i do wish i was better at this but you know what that's me and fucking deal with it mm -hmm. so it's sort of like taking taking ownership of our weaknesses and our so-called flaws and that society tells us we've got and just saying i don't give a shit yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, I'm, my main thought at the moment is maybe my COVID hair, you know, but um, <laughs> it looks, it's a good look. <laughs> the headphones keep it down, like, you know, <laughs> and, and struggles as well. Yeah. Oh, that was probably my favorite track on the album. Can you tell me oh, about great. that one? Yeah, similar vibe. I mean, it's a very political album, apart from the two tracks you've just mentioned, I think, were probably the, the, the two on there that aren't overtly political. Um, Struggles, again, was sort of like, I, I talked about the whole record about all the things that are wrong with the world, you know, politics and society and, you know, the economy and all that sort of stuff. And I, on Struggles, I kind of wanted to bring it back to why, why that matters. These things matter because they affect real people's lives you know it's i wanted to in struggles i kind of wanted to write a song that was about 
us? You know, how it affects us in our daily life. And mm -hmm. some of it's autobiographical. There's some of myself in there. And there's, there's some bits in there that I see in my friends and the people around me in society. Um, just, yeah, like, you know, how, how life grinds you down sometimes, you know, just the, the relentless fucking dirge of it all, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so struggles is kind of about that. Just trying to stay strong and keep your head up and keep doing your thing, um, despite the barrage of crap that life can sometimes throw at you. Cool. And it was um, kind of the latter part last year. It was a, a double James Kennedy whammy, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> apart from the excellent album, yeah. Um, we also had the noise damage book, um, which I thought was, uh, an again, an absolutely fascinating read. Um, uh, how long were you thinking about telling your story? Not at all, really. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I've got a copy of it there in case you wanted me to, uh, you know, whip it out for any reason or whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just looking through it. You should, you should do, because I've only got the digital version. So ah, there we feel oh, free, whip it out. You have the physical thing. I'll send you one. Um, yeah, I was just having a little read through it because I haven't seen it in ages. And I was thinking, man, I, you know, I can't imagine writing that now. You know, I don't know what motivated me to do it. Um, I can't remember the first day that I sat down to start writing it. But I wrote the whole thing in like two months, really quick. Every day I was on it. And uh, within a month of doing that, I had a publishing deal. And I, you know, wow. I never would have imagined when I wrote the thing that I would see it on the shelves of my local Waterstones, you know. Um, but that's the way it went, you know. And um, yeah, I just, I think what happened was when I look back, uh, I think what happened was Kashira broke up in December um, 2018. And I started writing the book literally about two weeks later, January 2019. And by March, it was done. So I think I was just pro in, in a kind of reflective place in my life. You know, the thing that I'd spent the past 15 years of my life doing every day was now over. And um, yeah, I think I was just looking back over everything that we'd done and, you know, the adventures and the screw overs and the highs and the lows. And I think I just wanted to kind of uh, make some sense of it. And, and put it all down. And uh, I've literally just started doing it for my own cathartic reasons, I think, and for fun. And I think as it started to turn into what felt like a book and there was lessons in there and experiences and insights and things that I'd learned along the way, I thought, actually, yeah, you know, I should uh, finish this and, and actually make it a book. So it kind of became a book when I was about halfway through it, really. Up until that point, I was just, just writing, you know? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it really kind of splits into three places, doesn't it? I mean, the the, the first thing that that kind of um, kind of sucked me in, yeah, was the the problems that you had with hearing loss when you were younger. You know, um, yeah, that, that's that's all cool now. You, you're still coping with that, fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I've never used like hearing aids or anything like that. Um, I have um, forty percent hearing loss in both my ears, and I've got constant, really loud white noise tinnitus in my left ear. And I've had all that since the age of 10 when I had three pretty heavy duty operations. I had tumors basically in both ears and uh, I had to have this ear was operated on twice because it came back. Um, so, yeah, if, if unlike most of my peers, I, my hearing loss and tinnitus is actually <laughs> surgically induced rather than uh, as, a, as a kind of uh, battle scar for rock and roll. But, um, you know, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm lucky in the sense that I'm used to it. I don't know life any different. Like a lot of my friends now are getting tinnitus in older age and they can't switch it off because, you know, it's new to them. But for me, having that buzz there all the time, I don't know any different. It's always been there for me. So I, it doesn't bother me too, too much.
yeah cool that's good news that's good news um and then obviously there's the the, the kind of rise and working with Kaishira, um you know and you probably became an expert at dealing with with, with setbacks and, and oh, things yeah. like that which then leads to the 11 tips yeah, <laughs> that, that every new band should 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 read you know that's yeah. that, that, that that's pretty spot on is that uh, do you think it's more of a warning to everyone or um an, an act you know don't be crazy and just go and get a proper job or is it an act <laughs> of inspiration um well i feel like there's there's quite a lot of you know bad stuff in the book that happens and i wanted to be brutally honest about that because rock and roll memoirs and you know memoirs in general it always gives you all the sex drugs and the rock and roll and the good times and what a bunch of heroes we all are but you know i, I genuinely believe that only about 30 percent of that stuff is true mm -hmm. you know the mythology of rock and roll is is an industry in its own right it's all part of the package and i love all that stuff you know i'm i've got my superheroes just the same as everybody else but those stories have been told you know and it's not this it's not the reality for 99 percent of the bands out there who are carrying their own equipment up staircases in the rain and driving their own vans and living on sandwiches and sleeping in car parks you know so i wanted to tell that story which is my story and I, I believe the story of you know most bands really um so yeah i mean uh you know there, there's there is a lot of brutal reality in there but at the same time i feel like um what i tried to get through in the book as well and i hope it comes across is that the reason that we keep putting up so much crap is because it is so awesome you know it's the thrill of the ride it's the camaraderie being out with your mates it's, it's that half an hour on stage you know living your dream and some loud sweaty you know buzzing with adrenaline um you know half an hour of living the dream you know and that makes it all worthwhile i mean like you know most bands don't make any money most bands break up most bands get screwed over and and a lot of it is you know <laughs> painful and you know uncomfortable and getting ripped off but there's just something about it, man. It's a drug. It's in your blood. And um, I tried to get, the, I tried to be balanced in how I tell the story. I wanted to mm -hmm. say, yeah, it's awesome, and it's it, you know, it's it's kind of unquantifiable magic of rock and roll. But at the same time, there's a lot of shit that comes with it, and um, and and this is just the truth as I as I've experienced it, you know. So I hope that it's an honest, balanced telling yeah. of the of the rock and roll reality. Yeah, I definitely think it's balanced. Um, you know there there are you know there are kind of uh, good things that happen you know so it's not a, it's not a total tale of misery is it you know there, there's good yep. things that happen which which do kind yeah. of balance it out you know but you always <laughs> you always kind of uh, the more you get into the book you always kind of feel there's always something around the corner though you know? yeah 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 <laughs> was well, even like um when the book was being edited um i would describe something like when we stayed in toronto we stayed at that uh, hostel in Canada's number one award-winning hostel. We stayed there. And I remember that very fondly. You know, I thought it was funny when I was telling that um, story. And, um, you know, me and Matt, the bass player from Kashira, you know, we, it was like the best time of our life over there. We were living in absolute squalor. The place was like a slasher movie. It was awful. And um, so I describe it and then I say, oh, it was the best week of our life. And the editor said to me, are you sure? Because it sounds like it was fucking awful. But that's the funny thing about it is like, when you're a musician, just that half an hour on stage makes everything else mm -hmm. okay. You know, I've slept in, in the front of a van for a month straight with dirty towels and t-shirts, gaffer taped over the windows yep. in a heat wave in Europe, you know, with a gear stick in my back, living on sandwiches and loving every second of it. Not that particular situation, you know, but mm -hmm. the whole experience of doing it, 
you know, coming back broke. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And oh, yeah. Pain, but yeah. Man, you just can't put a price on it, you know? No, and it is that it is that sort of half hour hour on stage, yeah, that, that really that really backs it up. I mean, we probably about four or five years ago, I took about twenty odd people over to Holland. Yeah, we did a gig out there, and uh, I had two I had two um, mini buses at uh, Eindhoven Airport ready to pick the rest of the band up. Yeah, and all the hangers on. Yeah, yeah. But due due to uh, overstaying in the bar at Stansted, yeah, only one person managed to get on the plane. So, and the first gig was that night, yeah. So they, they hit Amsterdam, which is like right in the north of the country, yeah, about five o'clock in the evening, yeah, and had to get a train down. So it was literally about half an hour before the gig, yeah, they actually turned up, yeah. So it was like, no, you're not going to the hotel, yeah, let's, let's get set up and go, you know. <laughs> and, and it was just a nightmare. I was stressing out and stuff like that, you know. But sort of come 11 o'clock, when you've had a couple of lagers after the gig, yeah, it's just yeah. the best time ever, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you don't so care. I, I it perfectly makes, understand. It's the strangest thing, you know, you'll take it, everyone will take a day off work, you lose mm -hmm. money. Oftentimes when you're like, you know, starting out, you're playing for free, when well, it's mm -hmm. costing you money to do it. You travel four hours or five hours to somewhere to hang around for ages, you know, eating sandwiches from the petrol station. You know, you often get treated like shit by the headlining band or whatever, or the promoter, you know, just for that 20 minutes or half an hour on stage. And yep. it just makes it all okay for some reason. Then you get home at like five in the morning, you know, it's just it's the strangest thing, but it really is. It's it's, it's a drug. It's in your blood, and um, I think that yeah, it makes it all worthwhile for me. Uh, another thing I tried to sort of like in the last chapter of the book was I tried to say you know talking about failure and stuff like that in a rock band. It's like most bands don't succeed. You know that's that's one percent. So what what do you get out of that journey? When there is so much hardship and struggle, um, and very few kind of you know. Um, moments of uh, ecstasy along the way how do you um make sense of that uh, it, it, when it when it's taken up a chunk of your life and i think that for me when i look back at it the success and the reward was those stories that you're talking about those memories you know you look back and you think man you know whilst i was in switzerland you know screaming down the phone at our manager who screwed us out of six grand or whatever you know i could have been like i could have been sitting in an office bored out of my mind you know yeah regretting the fact that i never took a punt i never took that gamble I, you know that would be a heavier regret to live with than looking back and thinking oh i made a few mistakes and you know you know or whatever you know because like you know you can't put a price on those adventures and those memories and and, and um you know they're the they're the rewards for me yeah no i absolutely 100 agree you know and it's a, a a great experience yeah and it's a great adventure um that that, that you talk about in the book and you know all that knowledge you've gained yeah um how's that helping you now with regards to writing the next album are we going to see uh, another album from james kennedy out soon yeah hopefully yeah yeah i mean um i'm gonna hang fire i've got to actually write another book first because i've got a literary agent now off the back of this one the, the book did way better than i ever imagined it, it would i mean just getting it published was like you know that was beyond my expectation the fact that it went to number one on three different Amazon charts at the same time and was like the second best-selling rock biography after Roger Daltrey for a few days yeah. um, was just kind of, uh, it took on the whole momentum that I, you know, I had nothing to do with and um, I didn't see coming. So, um, you know, I, that's kind of taken over itself a little bit. So I've got this agent now and um, I'm being, you know, pushed to write a second book and, um, so I'm keen to kind of keep that momentum going. So I'm going to focus on the 
this getting some solid ideas down for a second book first. Um, I think with the album, the musical side of my career, I think I'm going to wait until I can get out and, and tour uh, Make Anger Great Again first before I start putting anything new out because uh, it's going to break my heart having two albums that I can't tour, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to wait till I can get this one out of my system yeah. first and then I'll be excited to do some more uh, more music again. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bide my time on the music front. Can you leak any information about the new book? Is it a continuation of the story or are we going down the, the fiction route? Uh, I've noticed it's, it's non-fiction. It'll be a music book. It's going to be uh, about a lot of the same issues that are discussed in Noise Damage, but it's not going to be connected to Noise Damage. Um, and uh, I can't I can't say too much. I can't say too much. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that, that, that's a fine tease. That's a fine tease. So, so you'd say your hopes for the future really rally around being able to do gigs, get the band gig ready, yeah, and and, and writing the book, yeah. You feel yeah, I think so. I just continue doing what I'm doing. You know, like um, it's crazy where the time's going. You know, I mean, hopefully, you know, as as you mentioned, you know, in a few months towards the end of the year, gigs are going to be a reality again. You know, that's going to roll around before we know it. The way things are going. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know. It's been a great year for me with the album and the book and all the success that that's had and stuff. So uh, I'm keen to keep that going. And if, and if that can involve getting out and doing some shows, I'll be a happy man. Cool, cool. And uh, yeah, massive luck with that. Um, COVID, yeah, that's obviously kept, kept you locked in. You mentioned you mentioned Kat a lot in your book. Um, you, you've been getting under her toes and annoying her. She's keen to see what? you back out on the road for a bit of peace and quiet. <laughs> I was going to say it's the other way around, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she'd be glad to get me out of the house, I think. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So um, desperately look forward to seeing you play. I, I think everyone's looking forward to gigs. Yeah, I think uh, lots of the venues will be booked up. So hopefully you get yourself down London or something like that. Oh, and um, and we'll have a beer or something like that after show. The yeah. beers are on me, man, honestly. You know, my... my, my um... My Steve Ritchie favours tab is quite extensive now, so I, I can't wait for you to cash that in. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um, um, don't worry, I can certainly drink more than two, so that's fine. <laughs> Look, the album's brilliant, um, and I really love the book, and uh, I'm really happy that you're that, that you're up and running and happy with the way it's gone, and you know, we wish you all the best of success, continued success with that, and we're desperate to see you out on the road. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate it, man. And thank you for all the support. It really means the world. And yeah, the second I can get out, mate, you know, those those, uh, those guest list tickets and those free beers will be waiting for you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, brilliant. James Kennedy, thank you very much. Thank you, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah.